Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1061, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. Yes, indeed. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets on this Tuesday afternoon. We've got uh, Salesforce out with their latest uh, earnings. We're going to break down those numbers uh, a little bit later on. Coming up, though, we're going to talk about uh, the software market and off uh, specifically a company that provides nearshore software development services to companies. You know the names that they're working with, Disney, Adobe, and a few others. So we'll get to that in just a moment. Back to, though, some of the news after the closing bell and a look at those closing numbers once again on Wall Street. Charlie Pellet. All right. Thank you very much, Carol Messer. Let us begin with the closing. Numbers and up Tuesday here with the Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ all moving higher. S&P up 24 to 24.52, up by 1%. Dow Industrials up 196 points, up 9 tenths of 1%. NASDAQ up 84, a gain there of 1.4%. So U.S. stocks rose the most in a week. Treasuries declined. The dollar gained on growing speculation. The Trump administration is gaining momentum in its efforts to reform the tax code. Mike Wilson is chief U.S. equity strategist at Morgan Stanley. He was interviewed today on Bloomberg Television. Well, I think we've seen the earnings. Uh, we've seen we've seen actually the data improve tremendously over last year globally. So one of the early call we had an early call was this is the most synchronous global expansion that we've had since coming off the initial recovery from the financial crisis. That's important. By the way, that's exactly why the global equity markets have been so broadly participating. After the bell, Salesforce forecast revenue for the third quarter. The guidance beat the average analyst estimate. Cody tumbled the most since going public four years ago after its quarterly financial report signaled the integration of dozens of beauty brands it bought from Procter & Gamble is still proving to be a challenge. Cody shares down today by 9.4%. Gold down 6.20 the ounce, down 5 tenths of 1%. Crude oil up 6 tenths of 1%. The tenure down 9.30 seconds, the yield there 2. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. All right, Charlie Pellet, thank you so much. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets, brought to you by National Realty Managers of New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, and Florida Cashflow Real Estate, offering safe, high-yield cash flow property units. See them at nria.net. This is Bloomberg. In South American our next guest is turning to the South American market uh, for future growth, but right now doing a lot of business, most of its business here in the United States. Bellatrix Software, it's a company providing nearshore software development services to companies in the U.S. That includes companies like Walt Disney, Adobe, AOL, and more. They're based in Redwood City, California, here in our studio, uh, our Bloomberg 1130 studio. We welcome Alex Robio. He's president and co-founder at Bellatrix. Bellatrix, am I saying it right? Yes, you're saying it right. Nice Thank to you. have you here. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. What exactly, I have to be honest, um, nearshore software development services, what the heck is that? <laughs> That's a good question to start with. Well, what happened is uh, about 12 years ago, we saw uh, the uh, Indian outsourcing providers, and we saw that model where they were providing, uh, you know, good solutions in terms of scalability. They were, you know, they were helping companies here in the U.S. with IT services. 
But then we also saw that there was a lot of variance in work going on uh, in terms of, you know, the, the digital side of things. We saw this uh, trend towards digital experiences and so on. And we said, what if we combine the both of them, you know, this idea of a digital agency, but also being backed up by an offshore uh, operation? And since we're in Latin America and we have the same time zone, we're nearby, mm-hmm. uh, that's what you call a nearshore uh, provider. Why not start your business, though, selling to Latin American companies? That's a very good question. Uh, what happened was that when we founded the, actually we founded the company, uh, because I had moved here with my family very young at, a, at the age of 25. And, uh, we, I was working as a developer and I convinced my, uh, boss to, uh, look at the company that we had started with my brother and my father, uh, in Argentina because we had, uh, gotten a very large project that we couldn't staff for. And that's how we got started. So I, com- I, I convinced that company, convinced that uh, CEO to go visit us. Uh, they did. They were very impressed with the talent uh, that we had, and it grew from there. Interesting. Um, so give me an idea. I mentioned some of your clients uh, have been uh, Walt Disney, Adobe, AOL. For instance, what might you do for one of these companies? So we, the services that we provide uh, are a little bit different from, from what the traditional IT outsourcing uh, companies uh, do in the sense that because we're near shore and we have this time zone overlap, we can actually engage and collaborate uh, live, basically. So we can do what, uh, what you could do being on site. So we can engage in creative kind of work, mm-hmm. uh, digital experiences, as I explained before, uh, help create very engaging, uh, user experiences for our customers. And then, so that's in the front end work, but then also actually help them create those, uh, solutions at a lower cost because we're in Latin America, so our uh, cost base is lower. So. Right. So you keep it down. Um, so it's the best of both worlds. So tell me about the growth rates that you're seeing in terms of bringing in new customers, growing the top and bottom lines. We are super excited. Uh, for the last three or four years, we've been growing at about 35%. Top uh, line, already, bottom line? Uh, top line top and also uh, bottom line. So we've kept it very stable. Uh, we're completely self-funded. We carry no debt. Actually, if we wanted to have debt, we couldn't because we're a service company originally based in Latin America, so it's very hard to... Makes it know, tricky? Yeah, very, it makes it very tricky. We have you know, no physical assets. You know, Our assets is the talent that we have, our people. Uh, so that made us be very conservative in our finances, You know, bootstrap the operation, and uh, you know, that's what helped us succeed. You did open an office in Bogota, Colombia this year. Has all the growth... Um, that you've seen in the U.S. market? Has it kind of come, has it topped out? Do you think you're kind of done with the U.S. No, market? No, not really. Uh, well, we're seeing, again, what's happening now is uh, this uh, trend t- toward digital uh, is really creating a lot of... When you say trend towards mm-hmm. digital, because I feel like we've been going digital for a long time, what, yeah, what exactly I, I do you mean by that? Well, what I mean is that in the past, uh, we techies uh, created the solutions from the back end to the front end, meaning that we first created like, you know, database, the architecture of the systems and so on. Basic stuff. Uh, yeah, basic stuff. And then we created, we put some user experience or U, you know, UI uh, in front of it, you know, the uh, user interface on top of it. And they were usually not great experiences. They were not not integrated, so you had one system here, another system there. Now what's happening is that companies have realized that digital is a very strong channel. It's a very powerful way of delivering services. And you have, you have companies like Uber. That's all they do. That's, right. you know, they created a digital experience. Right. And they've, you know, they, they've killed everyone. I mean, they didn't have a lot of assets and they've been able to uh, own the market. Um, so that's happening. And a lot of companies are going that way. And where we are located uh, in terms of capabilities, in terms of geography, 
we can compete very, very effectively in that space. Uh, but also Latin America, uh, to, you know, to go to your question, uh, that's also happening on there. And in fact, uh, it's like Latin America is keeping a generation. For example, in banking, uh, I say, you know, the U.S. is in bank 2.0, Latin America is in 1.0, but we're going to skip to 3.0, and that's where we come in. Right, because 2.0, why would you go there when you can... Exactly, you can just skip it. Um, interesting, interesting. Um, we have to leave it there, but thank you for coming in. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. Yeah, Alex Robio. He is president and co-founder of Bellatrix Software, based in Redwood City, California, in our Bloomberg 1130 studio. You can check out more uh, at Twitter at Bellatrix SF. Coming up, we'll get another check on some of the news after the closing bell, including those numbers Earnings from Salesforce. The stock is on the move. This is Bloomberg Radio. It is time for check on the latest world of national news headlines. Once again, let's see what Nathan Hager is up to. We find him in our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. Nathan, where do you want to start? Well, we'll start in uh, Arizona. That's because President Trump is headed there a day after delivering his Afghanistan strategy. He is touring a, a customs and border protection facility in Yuma, Arizona. Uh, expected to hold a campaign rally tonight in Phoenix. The event has prompted uh, several groups that are opposed to the president's policies to gather in Phoenix, but they're all being told to uh, do what they can to keep the peace. There's also been some talk that the president would use tonight's event to pardon uh, Maricopa County Sheriff Joe Arpaio for violating a judge's order in an immigration case. But White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders uh, just announced that the president will not pardon Arpaio tonight. An organization that wants to limit immigration reports that the courts are so backlogged they're scheduling deportation cases for 2021. Bloomberg's Irv Chapman has that. The vast majority of cases are applicants for asylum who say they face violence if they return to Central America or the Middle East. Andrew Arthur, a former immigration judge, wrote the report for the Center for Immigration Studies. Why is the backlog so high? Because we weren't actually enforcing the immigration laws against people. We created perverse incentives for individuals to enter the United States illegally. We created perverse incentives for people to smuggle their children to the United States. The Justice Department employs 334 immigration judges currently. Attorney General Jeff Sessions is hiring an additional 125. Irv Chapman, Bloomberg Radio, Washington. I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg.